welcome to Three Night Bender. We're glad to be back for our show here for UCF football and all things Orlando. I am Todd, and with me always is James the Booze Man Boozas. What's good? Welcome back, dude. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's been, been a little while. It's been a little, it's been a couple, actually, it's been since spring. We had to do the first couple of fall episodes without you. Yeah. Because well, you got married. I did get married. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I cursed the team for a couple of weeks, though. You know, I didn't think they were going to win after I got married. We, you know, I didn't want to blame you for that, but <laughs> it did cross my mind a couple times watching those games. Like, if only Todd was still oh, a ravishing, stunning single man, we might still be winning games. I'm sorry, Sevy, don't listen to this. Oh, uh, it's been rough, but you know what? We we had a good win last week. You know, played Tulane, UCF football, um, back on track, dropped a couple tough ones. Um, you know, all in all, the season is kind of difficult as a for a UCF fan of the last few years. But a, UC, a longtime UCF fan, this is still a great season. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, the season's lost, really. We're, we're not going to the conference championship. Right. We can just basically screw it up for other people, but there's no way we're going. Yeah, I mean, there's... We maybe... can't go to a big... We can't go to a New Year Six. Nope. We can go back to the uh, Lawn Care Bowl. Beat Marshall down again. No, I, I think they got rid of that, actually. Did they? Yeah, no, sure. no more Gasparilla Bowl. Or... Mm-hmm. or Maybe there is a Gasparilla Bowl, but the lawn... The pe- Meineke... It was like the Meineke Lawn Care... Or something like... No, Meineke's... Bad like, Boys. Bad Boys, mowers, yeah. yeah the Bad Boy Mowers Lawn Care Bowl. Yeah. You know. I think they're they're no longer the sponsor. I don't know if the, the bowl will still exist. We'll get to a bowl game. It's just going to be a matter of the fact that we're not going to be in, a, in one that we want to be in. Yeah. One that we should be in with a talented team. And we'll get into, obviously, a lot more details about that and thoughts about that and some movements that we've seen on social media for certain people to not be working for UCF anymore and all the ludicrous, you know, you know how ludicrous fan bases get. Yeah. You lose one game. It's the end of the world. Right. And they, you know, so losing to Tulsa was tough. You know, our, our offense is clicking pretty good. That game, we had some struggles there at the end. Um, I'll have to say like, that's probably the first time I've ever seen the, um, the uh what's that rule the the helmet to helmet rule or the the con- called on offense what is that rule? oh I'm, um I'm oh targeting my, my targeting yeah, yeah, yeah targeting on an offensive runner i've never seen that called i'm seen... talking about when the receiver caught the ball yeah like he... what, who was that o'keefe maybe i think it was i think it was o'keefe but he caught the ball and the way he lowered his shoulder and yeah he ducked his initiated head or whatever con- i mean i've seen it a couple times in the nfl with running backs because running backs have the tendency to lower their head and you know right punish someone trying to tackle them so they're trying to get rid of that and I remember the the first three or four times, like the first time I saw it, I didn't agree with it. But after you kind of watch all the angles, you know. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. You don't ever see it called on offense. And you see runners duck their head all the time. It's usually just the defender who's getting screwed on those calls. But it, it was just, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, at that point. We had so many screw-ups and then... That that play, I think, was like, oh man, this we're not winning this. No. And, and that was rough. That was... I wasn't mad about the Memphis game, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like I had a little insider insight that people from the top, like if there was one game that we were going to drop, it was going to be Memphis. Like right. everyone, I got, people were always. I mean, now obviously Cincinnati is like in the top ten or whatever, aren't they? Aren't they like yeah, nine yeah. or eight or something? Seven or eight. Um, so they're in the top ten, and there's you know a lot of confidence that we're going to beat Cincinnati at home. But apparently Memphis was a circled one between. You know, having us on the ropes for the last three years and never getting over that hump and the fact that we were at Memphis this year and you have, you know, some inexperience in positions that you didn't have that you had. They had experience last year. So I think Memphis was the game that even I was expecting if we were going to drop, it was going to be that one. And right. We, lo- we lose by one. 
Yeah, well, so. it's the way that we lost. I mean, we got ahead, and our defense just couldn't Collapsed. show up. I mean, what were they, six for six on fourth down? Something or... ridiculous like that. That's just, that's too much, man. I mean, we our offense got it done. They needed to get to 50. If they would have got to 50, we would have been okay. But we got to 49. The offense is looking great. Gabriel's having a stellar year as far as his percentages and his yards that he's stellar. getting. Well, let's talk about Gabriel for a second. Yeah, because Gabri- Gabriel has given me... The biggest man crush this year, <laughs> statistically. Yeah. Gabriel is on pace to, if, if we were having a normal year, he would be on pace to break national records. Right. He would have one of the greatest collegiate quarterback seasons of all time. Not Joe Burrow level, but he would be in the top five easily with, well, with, with the current projections of what he's got. He's, if we were to play a normal season, he'd be throwing for 5,500 yards. Right. That would break the NFL record for yards in a season, let alone in college football. Yeah, if we were playing 13 games instead exactly. of Exactly. We're up to, four, up to 14, but now we're playing yeah. a total of possibly 10 to 11 games by the end of the year. Right. I mean, he's got 2,178 yards, almost 2,200, 65% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, two picks in five games. Has he pa- He's passed for over 400 on every game, hasn't he? I believe he didn't pass for 400 once. Okay. But... He threw he for 600, 600 the first. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, if I were to play Madden and put it on rookie mode, I would still run out of time before you get to those numbers. Mm-hmm. He is a video game character in real life, and it's absolutely insane. And he obviously has great... Because Marlon Williams is in the same category right now. Marlon Williams is on, tra- is on record or on track to beat the receptions record, the receptions... I mean, this uh, the uh, yards... He's, he could tie touchdowns, but if he has one really good game, he could easily break the touchdown record. He's going to go down. This is going to be the single best receiving season in UCF history, which is awesome, especially for a guy that I, I've always loved Marlon. And yeah. I'm glad he's finally getting that spotlight of, you know, he had Gabe Davis. Everyone talked about him last year. Marlon was like the, he was his Robin. And when he was a freshman, you had uh Traquan Smith. Right. So it's kind of like, he's finally getting his, his due. Well, which is amazing. And here's the thing is when we started the year, he had another weapon that he doesn't have now. So the first yeah. game he had Trey Nixon, yep, who was the deep threat. I mean, he would run vert every time or not every time, but I'm saying he would get hit going straight down the field and catch the ball. Now he's got Marlin, who's kind of the mid, you know, mid to long range threat. And mm-hmm. then um, Jalen Robinson, who's like that short range guy who can kind of move it up. So he's got those two options. It's, it's sad that he doesn't have Trey Nixon to be that third option anymore. But imagine if we still had all those things, yeah. we might be putting 60, 70 up a game. Well, it makes me comfortable because you got Marlon Williams as a senior who technically with the whole, this season kind of doesn't count to eligibility thing. He could come back for a fifth senior year if he wanted. So it depends on, I'd say what his draft stock is, mm-hmm. you know, I think with the season he's having, he definitely has a shot to be in that Gabe Davis range of, I mean, he's like a, he's a linebacker playing wide receiver. He's a thick kid. Right. You know, he weighs like over 200 pounds. He's not short. I don't want to try to tackle him over the middle. He's going to punish you. So I think he'll definitely have a market. <clears throat> we'll see if that actually translates in the draft, but you have the opportunity to him possibly come back if he wants. Right. Trey Nixon's going to come back. He, Trey Nixon doesn't have draft stock right now. He's already a slider frame kid. And he, in his beginning of his senior year, you know, gets knocked out game one. So he's going to have to come back and build up draft stock. That's what and I think. And then you got Jalen Robinson coming back for his senior year, right? Is he is he a redshirt sophomore or junior? No, I think he's a sophomore. Okay. So you get him for a junior year, technically another sophomore year, however you want to look at the whole. That's going to be really confusing the next few years with eligibility. But you, he's going to have a stacked receiver core, Gabe, is for his second sophomore year. Or again, however you want to word it. But, you know, kids like that, 
if, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, the rule is you will have to be three years removed from high school. It has nothing to do with being a junior Correct. per se. So I could easily see if the stock is high enough, you know, Dylan Gabriel leaving after his junior year because he's going to throw up video game numbers next year too. Yeah. We got Bentavious Thompson. You got Cam Good. You got Richardson who showed. I like Richardson. I love Richardson. Yeah. So you got some studs on offense. This offense is going to produce a lot of points the next two years. It's yep. just a matter of can the defense do its dang job. Well, yeah, we do need some defensive help, I think. I like the guys we have, but we're so thin, you know, and, and even now with our, our corners and our safeties, we're going to be even thinner for this game. Yeah. Um, you know, we do get the guy from Georgia. You mentioned Devod Dev- Wilson. Devod Wilson. So I don't know. He, he, I think we will probably see him play a little bit because of some news that just came out about um, maybe losing Antoine Collier for this game and, and possibly the rest of the year. Correct, yeah. Um, if, you, if, if you guys haven't heard this news, it's I wouldn't say breaking. It happened like, what, a couple days ago? I think it, no, I think it happened, uh, well, maybe it was a couple days ago, but the news is just kind of starting to surface. Yeah, so um, he's in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. So we'll see if he gets to actually come back. Right. Oh, any news on the kid from Nebraska that uh, transferred in? I can't remember his name either. We talked about all these kids at the beginning of the year, but... Yeah, I haven't seen anything lately. I haven't I haven't heard yeah. anything. The only one I know that was confirmed that he got cleared was Wilson. Devod Wilson. Yeah. Another great thing, actually, to tie in with Devod Wilson, which can help bolster the defense, especially on the back end, is uh, Brandon Moore practicing with the scout team now. That's awesome. Which is great. Yeah. Coming back from a devastating knee injury. So you get him possibly back at the end of the year. We have Mackenzie Milton playing with the scout team, arguably the greatest scout team quarterback who ever lived. Yeah. So... You know, we'll see if he actually suits up this game. I can see him definitely suiting up. Now, whether again, whether he'll play or not is a different story. Right. You know, I, I if I, I were to make a prediction, mm-hmm. I think he'll start USF. I think that would be a really cool. I mean, obviously, there's senior. You think night. he'll start or he'll play? USF? I think I could see them starting him not as a slight to DG, but mm-hmm. as like a. It's been multiple years. He got hurt at USF two years ago. Yeah. It's like two years full circle. He's starting the game that he blew his knee out in. I think that'd be kind of a nice, you know, yeah, maybe punctuation to the to his story of getting back on the field. Again, maybe. no, I don't. I don't think that means that DG wouldn't play. Right. But I think maybe they put him in for a drive or for a couple plays yeah. right at the beginning and then let DG. But play. I'll be monitoring the last few games of the year intensely. Just kind of any hint that he's going to go on that field, I will be at that game. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm. Uh, I got my tickets today to go to Houston just in case. Yeah, know, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> he is clear. It's going to be awesome. We'll see if he has pads on. I doubt he will. But he has been the captain, I think, for every game. He has, yes. Um, so we know right away whether he's doing anything or not when he comes out for the coin flip. So let's kind of also talk a little bit more about KZ and possibilities here, because I think that now that we're seeing the progression of where he's going, seeing his health seeing how he moves. He's not, I don't think he's ever going to move like he did before. It's just the nature of sometimes getting hurt. You just, and the mental capacity or, or the mental, you know, strength to say, I'm not going to worry about getting hurt again. You're always going to think about that, especially when it's traumatic like that. But if he can get back to being starting caliber quarterback, what does he do? What do we do? You know? Right. I would say, as much as it would hurt Night Nation, and it breaks my heart to say this out loud, I think he would need to leave mm-hmm. because there's no way he's going to supplant Dylan Gabriel. Right. I, I think DG was Heupel's guy. Heupel recruited him to come to the school. Not that I mean Milton's a great quarterback, obviously, but Milton was never Heupel's guy. He was Scott's guy. So I thought a cool possibility, if he's not fired in the off season, would be to see Milton transfer to Nebraska and play his final year of eligibility with Scott Frost. Sure. Save his career. But save his job. I don't think... I mean, they have Martinez, 
who's like a big time quarterback over there. I don't mm. think they're gonna. Maybe you think uh-huh. they're gonna sit him? I mean, maybe Martinez gets hurt, and that's like the perfect story for Frost and and Milton. And it they, would be. They have a stellar year, and they beat Ohio State or something like that. That would be very cool. It'd be I, something I, you borderline can make a movie about that. Yeah, I would definitely. No matter where, even if. Even if KZ went to USF, I'd probably cheer him on other than against us. You whoa, know, I, whoa, 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 he whoa. is, he is UCF. He made us, he, you know, the, the run we're having the last three years is Mackenzie Milton. Um, you know, Shaquem Griffin was in there too, but Mackenzie Milton is like what kind of put us on the map. And so I'm, I'm wishing him all the success in the world, no matter what he does. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I would never wish ill will to anywhere he went. I wouldn't, you know. If you played for USF, I would not be thrilled. I'm actually pretty <laughs> upset about that. Yeah, I don't but, think that's happened to um, Like For example, I was I was playing Madden, and uh, McKenzie was drafted by the Titans, and I had to go back and like make that not happen. I like, had to move him off that team because I couldn't, I couldn't take that. So, but he can. I mean, I will root for him wherever he is. But it's just the realistic idea of you have a kid who obviously has been fighting tooth and nail to get back on the field. Now again, we don't really know his mental mindset. For all we know, he might not really care to have to to want to get on the field anymore. He might be past that point. In the sense of he 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 did it. He completed his journey, but you know, is he ever going to be an NFL level quarterback at that point? You know, has maybe the last two years of being a player coach pushed him into the realm of wanting to coach? I want him to coach on this team. If I think it'd be stupid if you know, uh, we Danny did. White didn't find a way to make sure he was on this staff right. and, and and have him be the head coach of UCF in like twenty thirty or something like that. Like he is got enough of that like kind of cult following with UCF that you kind of have to make that happen somehow, some way. Yeah. Well, I think probably ever since he's been five years old, he's probably dreamed about being in the NFL. So I don't think that dream is dead for him. I think he's going to push everything he can to make that dream happen. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, then we hope that Danny White or whoever offers him a job here because we would love to keep him at UCF because he's Mr. UCF in a lot of ways. Yeah, so, he really is. Yeah. I mean, Bortles had that, I think, for a hot second, but you can definitely... KZ would... He's like our Tebow. Bortles is not a coach. I don't see Bortles coaching anybody. You don't? No. I mean, he's he's a great player, but I don't see him being like a... You know, like a rah-rah, let's, let's do this. No, I could see him like on a golf cart with a beer in his hand. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Driving around, yelling at kids, but... That's, yeah, he's got a he's got a different role. He's a great player, but he's a player. He's not. A, no, I agree. He's not a coach. Um, Beach bar bottles. So what are we now? We're three and two. We've got a winning record. Um, we've got how many games left? Four more games. We've yeah, we have four more without a bowl game. Without a bowl we game. We should have ten with a bowl game. We still have um, obviously Houston this week. Mm-hmm. And we got Temple, Cincinnati. Um, USF is the last game of the season, and before that is one that I keep forgetting. Wait, uh, wait, wait, Temple, Cincinnati, USF, USF and Houston. No, 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 those are the four. Houston, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. sorry. Those are the four. So predictions. I mean, I think we could win out. We should win out all of those games. I predicted that we were going to go undefeated. The two games that we dropped, one of them was one of the ones that I thought we were going to win, but we had a chance to lose. I didn't think we had a shot in hell at losing to Tulsa. Right. I thought we were going to smother them after last year. Yeah. And then, of course... That was very disappointing. We're going to move past that. I'm tired of talking about that. They're a good team, but yeah. Let's they are. I mean, actually, if you look at the statistics, they're tied for first in our conference. That tells you everything. They're, 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 they are a good football team. You can't fault them for that. They're, right. Between them, SMU's having a great year. Cincinnati's having a great year. Memphis is having a great year. Like, this is a strong ace. It's a, it's, it's a good thing that Tulsa's good. We right. should be happy that Tulsa's good. Because with Tulsa being good, the conference is better. 
really the only bad teams that we have in our conference right now are USF and Tulane. Tulane's two and four. Yeah. So, and even Tulane looks really good. They lost quite a few games by, you know, skin to their teeth. Like they, they've played pretty well. So, well, we, Houston's coming in. Houston's two and one. Two and one. They've only lost to number 11 BYU, which they got smashed. But BYU is smashing everybody this year. Have you watched any of their games? Yeah. I think Houston was close with them for a little while. and then They kept it in. But yeah, then BYU, BYU just. Away oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're scary good. I never thought I'd say BYU would be good again in my lifetime. But they've really turned that program around. It look, they look awesome. And here's, here's the question, too, is Cincinnati right now is in the driver's seat for the NY6 game mm-hmm. or possibly, if enough things happen, the first opportunity to play off. We obviously don't want that to happen. Um, but if by some chance Cincinnati beats us and gets into the playoffs, we have to want them to win a round. Because if they go in there and they get blown out, that'll end, you know, any 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 topic of us uh, anybody right. in the group of five ever going again. So it's kind of like we don't even want them to go if we don't think that they're going to win the first round. It's definitely a very interesting perspective of playing that game of we want to be first. Obviously, I want to be first. Right. Screw Cincinnati. I would love to beat them and and just Absolutely. knock them out of that opportunity. And we get that shot again next year, and we be the first group of five to make it. I want that more than anything. Absolutely. But if Cincinnati can get into the playoff, they need to take it the distance. They need to get to the. They can't lose the first round. And if they lose the first round, it needs to be like in triple overtime by they didn't get the two point conversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. They got to really show up. They have to. Yeah, they have to push an Ohio State. An Alabama, a Clemson. Yeah. We'll talk about Clemson in a bit. That might not even be there at that point. But they have to push a big team to the limit. Otherwise, we won't ever have a shot in hell. Neither will Boise. Neither will Memphis or S- anybody. Right. All the group of five schools will basically be like screwed yeah. if there's a bad showing. Do you think, looking at this Cincinnati team, in your opinion, because I've watched a couple games by them, do they have the moxie? Do they have the build to do that? Do you think they can get to that point? I don't think... No, Neither I mean, do I. I don't, yeah, they're, I, I don't think they have enough, you know, if BYU is in their, their position at BYU is not getting into the playoffs no matter what, because they just don't have the strength this year. Yeah. I mean, there's not enough stuff that can happen that would get them into it. There is enough that would get them into an NY six game. I agree. But, um, but I feel much better about BYU being there and winning around than Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati has a good defense. They do enough on offense to win games, but I don't mm-hmm. think that they're going to, Desmond Ritter has shown me that he is great. He's a dynamic player, but he is not a championship caliber quarterback. He's a great runner, right. but he's he's kind of like what everyone thought Lamar was going to be in the NFL at first. Like, oh, this this guy can run the ball. It runs for 170 yards and three touchdowns, but then throws for a 50% completion percentage and 150 yards and a touchdown. It's like you need more from your quarterback. Yeah. So, And that's going to be the problem when you have teams like Alabama or Clemson that have defenses – where their linebackers are faster than your wide receivers, you can't run the football, unfortunately. Not, not with your quarterback. Like They will take off your head, and they will stop you. They're going to easily shut that offense down. So you need someone that can throw the football. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get back to our game. I mean, we're playing Houston this week. Yep. You know, I, I, we said this a couple weeks ago, but the cool thing about the American 
it's not so much that we have the toughest teams. We're not, you know, the, the best conference as far as competition and ranking and all that kind of stuff. But we do have, I think, you know, seven or eight of our teams out of the, the 10 or 11 that are in there, maybe nine, have great cities to go visit. But yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. You talked about this on Twitter. You, I posted that, but you gave this as a, such a great point. Continue, because yeah, I really I mean, love this point. I mean, you look, at, you look at Tulane, they're not a great team. They're not on the national stage for any reason, but they're in New Orleans. So anytime we go play them, as a fan, you get to travel and go see a football game and you get to visit New Orleans. Yep. You can't say that with other conferences with a lot of the cities that they're in. They're just not great cities. They're college cities. Yep. I don't want to go to Gainesville. You know, what's in Gainesville? What's in Tallahassee? If I'm, if I'm 20 years old, yeah, I want to go to Gainesville or or Tallahassee. But if I'm, but if I'm a fan, you know, of the ripe old age of 38 right now, (laughs) I want to go see cool cities and Houston and, and Dallas Let's go through all of them. You got. I'm, I'm looking at the conference list right now. Cincinnati, which we've I've been to. Right. Not a huge city, but it was a oh, fun city. It, it was I a great Cincinnati. city. Cincinnati is a great city. Houston. Yep. You got Navy, which is in Annapolis, right outside Baltimore. Right. So you've got Baltimore, basically. And Washington D.C. is right there too. If you want to go over yep. there. Yep. Dallas, Memphis, fun city. Yes. Philadelphia, New go. Orleans, Tampa is a good city. Absolutely. The, the, really the only two cities. Orlando. Orlando <laughs> here, obviously. The only two schools that don't have great cities with them, unfortunately, are Tulsa, uh-huh. which is basically on a Native American preserve, right. and there's nothing out there, <laughs> and East Carolina. Yeah. So you're looking at the conference, which is 12 teams. There's 10 great cities to visit. Of We're those 11 12- teams. We're 11? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because we don't. Yeah. Fuck you, Con. Sorry. Oh, watch my language. Um but yeah, yeah. You, you, when you look at that top to bottom, that's a solid conference in terms of traveling. I 100% agree with you. I thought that was a great point that people don't talk about. Now let's go over the SEC real quick. Gainesville. <laughs> yeah. Athens. Not interested. Uh, Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> like, how do you... Do, be- do, 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 do I have to keep on going? Auburn, Alabama. Tuscaloosa. Do I really have to keep on going? Right. Let's, let's be real. Like, now, granted, that is an ancient conference, and they, have, they obviously have great football but but outside of that what is there literally just going there for the football game that's it as a fan like you can go to these cities and you'd be like i'm gonna go to cincinnati i'm gonna see some of the sites i'm gonna try the chili and i'm gonna see a football game it's a great trip all along yeah And, and when you're done if you want you can go see a reds game right you can go to a Bengals game yep there's a lot to do in these cities. Like you're going to go to Houston. We were talking, they've got every, now most of these sports are obviously stopped at this point, but every major professional sport is in Houston. They've got a soccer team, hockey, baseball, NFL, basketball. Like yeah. they have everything. They've got great food. Yeah. They've got their, the other home of the space program, which is also really cool. I don't know. Did you hear this? That UCF will be wearing their space uniforms to Houston this week. I heard that, but I saw them put out, a notice that they weren't doing that. Really? Yeah. So I don't. Oh. Know, I don't know what to think. I saw that they put out that they're going to wear gold pants, white shirt, gold helmet. But I did see someone drop like, "Hey, they're going to wear their space uniform again," which I thought was odd, but maybe cool. I know? thought it'd be kind of cool in the sense that, like, you know, Houston's the other space school. You get to go to Houston the week after our space game. Yes. And it's technically, in a way, uniform with the light gray with that. Uh, what is, what's that color called? The canaveral blue. No, 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 no. Like the because anthracite's oh, and- a. Oh. Anthracite's a dark gray. Yeah. I don't remember what, what that one's called, but... Pewter? Pewter, pewter gray. Yeah. yeah. So, 
you know, I thought that would be an awesome. Right. And, and so actually, since we didn't get a chance to talk about this and, you know, the last, the last, last year we had a great time talking about the space uniform. What was your opinion this year on the space uniform? Meh. <laughs> you were mad on it. I, I gave mean, it, I gave it like a seven point five out of ten. I give it. I, I'll give it three and a half fire emojis. The the thing is, is the excitement. I would probably be all about it if we didn't drop those two games. But I just kind of was in the down in the dumps, almost for, indifferent. Yeah, just not like really into everything that was happening. And it's a COVID year. There's a lot of stuff. It, it almost looks like R two D two, which. When I see it up closer, I think it's cool. But when I saw it further back, it, it didn't. It didn't have the same luster as the the uniforms of I the past you. years. I thought there were some cool features. Like I love that they're able to pull elements of anything space related and add it in. Like having the what do you call it? The like the heads up display of like the shuttle flying system, like it's on the shoulders or whatever, and having the the tracks from the the lunar mod. See, I didn't. There's so many cool little things that they've been that they add in every year. That's just different. Yeah, I. You know what? I needed to watch the hype video. I need to look at this. All I did was I showed up to the game and saw the space uniform. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah. And by the way, I was a little inebriated at the game. A little. <laughs> and- <laughs> Let's tell a story about this real quick. So we go to the game. <laughs> thanks to a, a fellow owner of mine who got me tickets to go to the the Cabana Club. Our lovely co-host here was at the game and snuck into the cabana yeah. got everybody he snuck into the cabana with kicked out of the cabana <laughs> i get home i'm laying on the couch i'm getting ready to like literally pass out at seven o'clock and i get a phone call because nine people are suddenly just going to show up at my house within 10 minutes and suddenly have a party for the next four hours at my house i'm basically unconscious good times <laughs> that was one of the more inebriated i've seen you in a while yeah well, it's been I mean, a little while i had a great time at the game that was, was the best really time fun. i had all year so yeah we just Need to bring tailgating, but I miss tailgating so bad. Yeah. I bought, we got those new tents, we got the new chairs, and can't even use them. And that's the problem too. It's like you have to, you have to drink all this alcohol quickly mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to tailgate at the game. So maybe you do it in your car real quick before you get out of the car to go, or maybe you go to, to Burger U and and pound a few because you know you might not get it in the game, which we did. Yeah. We went to Burger U. Burger U is a as a nice staple as a pregame tailgating spot at this point in our climate today. We're able to do that. Right. So shout out to Burger U for. Excellent drinks. Actually, I got a. I don't think he realized he did this, but one of the bartenders at Burger U, um, the last game that Caitlin and I went to, I wore my Boba Fett mask, which I didn't bring. Missed opportunity for the space game, and it was the same color as the uniforms. And he called me Cool Mask Guy, and he had that on my bill and everything. So I went to the bar before this game, and he recognized me without the mask and called me Cool Mask Guy and gave me a free drink. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I was very happy. It was very kind of him. So I don't know if you realize he did it or not, but no. I didn't have to pay for my drink. Good deal. So sweet deal indeed. So let's go into a little bit of college football news. Sure. Talk about some other random musings and stuff, and then we got we, we got work. This isn't the, we're we're actually recording this at like ten in the morning. Yeah. We got work to do today. We'll wrap it up um, and go to work. So big news in college football landscape: Trevor Lawrence out for two years. Not two years. Two, two years. years. <laughs> oh my god, that is for huge two, news for possibly two games. Ten. <laughs> yeah. ten, ten days. days. Yeah. So they said Notre Dame will be nine days that he, mm-hmm. now knowing what we know about college football and, and the way that everything goes, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be cleared for Notre Dame. They're not going to follow the rules. They never do with big, big programs and big athletes like that. I think he'll be back for Notre Dame or suddenly the rest of the Clemson team will, will catch COVID as well and they'll have to cancel the game. But I, that if, if it goes into that game without Trevor Lawrence, that's going to be real interesting. Um, I would say that Clemson would win hands down if he was in the game, but without him being in the game, 
just depends on what Notre Dame team shows up because they've had some games where, like against USF, where they blew them out like what fifty to nothing or something. Yeah, they've had other games that have been tight with teams that they probably should. Like FSU held pretty tight to them for a hot second, and I think if Trevor Lawrence isn't there, Notre Dame has an opportunity. Yeah, and I think that's going to be when I made the mention of Clemson possibly not being in the playoff. That's where it would come from. If if Trevor Lawrence couldn't play in that game and Notre Dame was able to beat them, I could definitely see that possibly holding Clemson out because that, I mean that's that's a blow to their schedule. The a, the ACC is not a strong conference right now. Mm-hmm. They haven't been for a couple of years. You know, North Carolina lost. FSU. They lost, <laughs> you know, but that was a bad loss for them. You know, great for FSU, but a bad loss for them. And then Louisville goes ahead and smacks a living crap at FSU like a week later. Right. So definitely some issues in that conference. So Clemson needs to run the table if they're going to make it back to the playoff. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we got some other new, what's some other news that we have going on right now in college football? Man, I mean, it's been I Nebraska mean, we, and Wisconsin canceled their game. Nebraska saw that. tried to find any opponent to play, and the the Big Ten said no. They said it's conference only. You're not allowed to play anybody yep. else. So they may be coming to an, an argument, Nebraska and the Big Ten, at some point. I mean, they were arguing before the beginning of the year, which yeah. led them to having arguably one of the hardest schedules in college football. Right. But did you did you did you see how like that played out at I, the beginning of the year? No, inform me. So Nebraska, after you know, the, there was the whole story of Nebraska threatening to basically quit the Big Ten, right, right because right. of not playing. And so they get their schedule, and on their schedule, like the first like five games or four games was Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan. So like the Big Ten was like, oh, you want to leave? Okay, you can leave after we straight mud stomp a hole in your butt, rock bottom, people's elbow you, and throw you off the mat. Like it was brutal yeah. and. Obviously, it's, well, they, they're avoiding Wisconsin at the moment, so yeah. by COVID. And Penn State got beat. They did. That game was insane against Indiana. Good for Indiana. Awesome final play on that two-point conversion. Yeah. Good for them. So a huge upset on there that actually dropped like Penn State pretty far. I, don't I think, think they were eight before yeah, that. So. They're in the top ten, so they're out. How you can even rank teams that haven't played football is unbelievable. beyond me and unbelievable. So... But. Yeah, uh, well, some other sports things. Did you watch the? Uh, did you watch any of the World Series? Did you see that amazing ending by or, of Game Four by the Rays? I saw the highlights of it. Okay, that was cool. I don't watch baseball. You know that. I know. I just hope that you catch good things. <laughs> I didn't watch basketball this year. I mean, it's just been weird with COVID. You know, like, yeah, COVID takes the luster off a lot of fun. You know, so. All right, well, that's all I got. I mean, yeah. it's a short episode. It's like half the length of what we've been doing the last couple weeks. That's but fine. We we caught up on everything, and uh, hopefully, we informed. Some of you guys who maybe haven't been paying attention as closely and gave you some good information going into this game against Houston, but so against Houston, what's your, what, what do you have it as? What do you, I mean, I think we're a three or four point favorite. Yeah. What do you? I, what, what do you? What's, what's your prediction? Um, I'm gonna say, I th- I think our offense clicks. I think our our defense does well enough. Final score, forty five to thirty eight, something like. Oh, well, maybe not that close. Forty five thirty six. I'll say. I was actually going to say that. I was, I was going to go with uh, like 42, 45 to like mid-30s. I kind of okay. see that too. I think UCF can pull that out. I think Houston, they haven't been as tested. They're, they haven't been as, like truly, truly tested. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I mean BYU, like obviously, th- that's a huge test. But, you know, our offense is another level. I think we're number one offense in the nation right now. Yeah. So And they've had less games. I think we're... Yeah. This we're, is their fourth game of the year. This is our sixth. So, all right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us again for another three-night bender. We hope to 
come back next week with some great news about the game and, and going into the uh, second half of the season. Um, as as always, you can hit us up on our Twitter accounts. At 3 Night Bender. At 3 Night Bender. Go check out our Instagram. My wife, my wife has been updating it, even without these shows, the last couple of weeks. You know, with work and everything, and obviously Todd getting married, we, we weren't able to get together and get this done. But my wife has done awesome job with the Instagram account. She's great. She's great on the stories. Yes. So go, go, go check out the Instagram. You can check out Todd at, at HauserTube. You can find me at, at Coach Boozos. Go to our Facebook page, like, listen. We got some uh, some merch and swag, and it's gonna, well, I wouldn't say merch, but some swag that we're gonna have made soon to give away to people. So that'll be fun too. I posted it on Twitter like two weeks ago, and I haven't moved forward with it yet. But we need to move forward with it. <laughs> So that way. But yeah, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.